Praise God. Um, this morning, uh, just to follow on, on uh, well done Simon and Neola. Be blessed. and You're a blessing to this church, absolutely. Say that to you, absolutely. Blessing to me and a blessing to the church, absolutely. Amen. So, I'm going to preach this morning on Mark chapter 5. For the last few months, um, listening to prayers, being on the, the prayer, praying for people, listening to people's prayers, listening to people's testimonies, this chapter of scripture has broke out, I don't know how many times, where people have used this to compare to something or to, to, um, to bring a comparison to what they're saying. And I said to myself, Jenny, how many times have I heard that? I need to, I'd love to get an opportunity to go and preach this and bring it because I believe that God is saying something true. I believe there's people here this morning that, you know, you know when they possibly don't understand because I didn't anyway for a long time. When we're in church, this is an amazing place. People just don't get that sometimes. I've been in churches, um, especially early on, all the time, but early on when there was a lot of stuff going on in my life. I've literally been in a church and listened to someone preach and walked out of that church different. Where else can you get that? I've started every sermon for the last two years with this day, and I can't get it out of me. Where else in this city today can you come and be changed? Inside out. Radically different than what you walked in. I don't think there's anywhere. I don't think there's any club or anything that you can join or anything that you can invest in or anything you put your time to that can radically change your life and make a difference and make it different. And that's what Mark chapter 5 is all about. It's all about a young man who was caught up in the world of his time. He was broken. People didn't know what to do with him. They, you know, they prognosed and diagnosed and still couldn't fix him. They cast him away. They didn't want to know him. They put him out in the, in the tombs. So, uh, out of sight, out of mind. But this was a young man of their community. This was a member of their society. But nothing, the Bible says. Listen to this. Listen to this. Nothing could be done for him. Until one day. Until one day, something was done. Amen? Let's get into it. It's Mark chapter 5. I'm only going to read bits that are, I want to get into where I encourage you, because just for time's sake, I can't read it all, but I encourage you to read the whole chapter when you get a chance. So it says, talking about Jesus and the apostles, it says, They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man was tied, this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore and even even with a chain for he had often been chained hand and foot but he tore the chains apart he broke the irons in his feet and no one was strong enough to subdue him night and day among the tombs in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones and the word of God is a transcending word what that means is that for that day that's an explanation of a story that the the apostles seen and he wrote it down. But the word of God is meant to transcend time. It goes through time. 
And this word now is landing here with us today because it's about today. I walk in Dublin City all the time I'm in the Dublin City and I see this every day. And it's not only about the, the, the extreme but there's also chains in people's hearts that no one knows nothing about. There's also things in people's lives that no one can do nothing about. And they've tried to for a long, long time. And nothing could be done for them. But yet to keep it quiet and keep it out of sight. And there's to the obvious. And we see people that are broken and chained up. And it, it, the story is that this young man, he said he had an evil spirit. And we can transcend that today when we present ourselves or when we're troubled in our hearts or when we've gone down the wrong path and we've gone away from the things of God. When I grew up as a young fellow out in Bray, I didn't know anything about God. I, I went to Mass every week. I was forced to go to Mass with my father every week. Then when I got to a certain age, he said, you don't have to go now, it's your own choice. And I didn't go. And I didn't know much about God. But I went the opposite way. I went far from anything to do with God into what the world had to offer, into what the world could present to me and what I could consume, into what the world could, how the world could deal with the brokenness that was in my life. And all of a sudden, after years of being involved in all this stuff, I found myself in the tombs where no one knew what to do with me and no one knew where to put me. And no one knew what could be done for me. But that's not just my story. I'm sure there's many stories in here that gone from the extreme and gone from the other place. We all have these things that are binding us up, that are chaining us up. And the people of the time came to this man the same way as the people of this time. I remember uh, walking with guys. I walked in the rehab for eight years. And I remember walking with a guy. I think he was only about 18 or 19. He got caught up in in drug addiction and he went to the doctor and because he came from a certain area because he came from a certain uh, Dublin district he went to the doctor and the doctor said well methadone for you and they said that's the only hope for you methadone or you're going to die and so he was put on methadone and the doctor put a, a diagnosis and a prognosis and put a chain on him and for years and years and years, and, and this guy was chained up in it because someone on officialdom said, this is what you are. It's the exact same here. The people went to this guy, what are we doing? We'll chain him up. We'll put a chain on him. We'll, put, we'll wrap him up. We'll tie him up. We'll say, in, in other words, in this way, in this day and age, this is what you are. This is what you'll always be. Because you come from a certain background and you don't have much education... This is, what we're, this is what we're going to proclaim over you. And it's like a chain. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like, I'll never get away from this. I remember dealing with that young guy, I don't know, he was mid-twenties at this stage, trying to get off this stuff. And I said to him, this is not your life. I say something different. The Lord says something different. This is not for you. I'm going to break that chain. I'm going to break it in the name of Jesus because you have a life. And you have a life worth living. And we're going to say something different and the Lord says something different. And that, that guy eventually over a period of months let them chains go. And today he's walking free in the Lord. 
Amen? There was a chain put in him and all sorts of things put over him and tablets and everything else. This young man couldn't be bound up. Every time he said, every time he said, they put a chain on him, he broke it. Every time they put something, restriction on him, he broke it. And just as people are going away from the Lord and going away from the things of God, we do things in our lives that are, you know, harmful to our own existence. We walk away from the things of God, we get involved in things, we get involved in all sorts of behaviours, we get involved in the decision making. Because there's, there's a story to this guy's life and there's a reason why he was in the tombs. There was a reason why he was there. And as far as I could tell and as far as I can understand that when we go, when we go this way from the Lord, and I know it in my own life, that your decision making and your impulses and things that you do completely influence your whole life. Completely influence what direction you're going in. What direction um, your life is going in. And I've seen it so many times, um, and even in my own life, that as we move further away from God, just like this young man, the chains get heavier. The problems get bigger. The, the situation gets worse. The situation gets dire. And all of a sudden, he's found now and he's naked. He's bound up, he's breaking chains and he's cutting himself. Another boy with says that he howls like a dog at night. I've seen this today. I've seen this in people today cutting themselves up from the frustration of life. I said to a guy one day, he says, Why, scars all over his arms, why do you cut yourself? What? I just don't understand it. He says, I'm in one pain and another pain takes it away. I said to myself, wow, what a chain. Look how bound up that. When he feels pain, he cuts himself to feel another pain, to take it away. Guys, this is nothing new. This is for today. Inside our hearts, there is pains going on. And we harm ourselves with the decisions we make. Out of that pain. Out of that hurt. Out of all the frustrations in life. Out of the things that are going on. Out because of our decision making. And this poor young man was found. The Bible says. This was his end. This, this, was, this was how they could explain him. Bound up. Living in the tombs. Naked. Crying out like a dog. And cutting themselves with stones. Wow. Talk about rock bottom. Talk about at the end of things. Yeah. Talk about... Talk about you can't go any lower, can you? This is the part that I love. When he saw Jesus coming afar, he, from a distance, he started and he fell at Jesus' knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. And what we see here is a picture of the invisible hand of Christ in all our lives. Jesus and the apostles were coming across the lake and just as Daniel cried out to God for help and the angel of the Lord was delayed coming to Daniel 
And when the angel of the Lord got to Daniel, if you read it, he says, we were delayed by the, the spirit of Persia, the king of Persia, and we couldn't get there quick, as quick as we wanted. And just as Jesus was coming to this man, a storm rose on the lake, if you read the previous chapter, preventing, trying to prevent God from getting to him. And in all our lives, guys, honestly, in every life in this room, in every, I don't care if you're one day a Christian or 30 years a Christian, every person, the invisible hand of God has gone on in your life. God is at work in your life. He's making a way. He's doing things that you have nothing to do about. The very fact that you're here listening to me preaching is the hand of God in your life. It's no circumstance, no coincidence, no nothing. Someone asked me to come this morning. You're here because Christ has you here. Just as he got across the lake and got to this young man, the invisible hand of God was in his life and he ran to Jesus. Everyone else had to bound him up. Everyone else had to run away from him. He wanted to know nobody and couldn't be subdued, the Bible says. But here we see, the minute Jesus walks towards him, he runs to him. Because God was at work in his life, breaking things already, ministering to him before he even knew it. I remember in my own life, God walking, the invisible hand of God in my life. He came back in 95 and he reached out to me. And I rejected him on a number of occasions. And he, he was causing people to come into my life. And, and, and all of a sudden, they started talking about Jesus. No, next minute, a week later, boom. No, next minute, a week. And all of a sudden, there was a guy in my own sitting room talking about Jesus and how Jesus loves you. The invisible hand of God was going on in my life, ready and waiting and willing to walk in, in, in our lives. Amen. And so... The young man, he ran to Jesus and Jesus said, Jesus delivered him straight away. The young man submitted to Jesus. And then all of a sudden, the evil spirit spoke and Jesus delivered him from that. And, you know, it's an amazing thing, guys, to think that whatever's going on in our lives, all the brokenness, because this is the type that we're looking at, all the brokenness, everything that you have in your life, every hurt, Every rejection, every knockback, every wrong decision, every moment of abuse, every time you are put down, every time you are let down, every time people didn't, didn't do what they were supposed to do, every time people didn't perform in your life when you were young and in your, when you were growing up, every time people rejected you and put you down, Everything, everything that's going on, every hurt, every brokenness, every pain, every rejection, every, everything that's going on in your life, just as he says, we are legion. That's what it says there. There was many of them, many brokenness, many things going on. Just as he says, we are legion. It's the same thing in our lives. There is many things. Well, not just one thing, many things. And Christ can deliver us from I've worked with people in church they come and they get one thing done. And over the years and over the years they come back with the other thing and the other thing. I'm telling you right now that God can deliver you from everything. Amen. There's no need for the Christian person to ever live in any brokenness, in any shape, make or form. The Christian is delivered. Born again. A new creature. A new creation in Christ Jesus. 
Not one that holds on to other things and carries other things for another day. This young man didn't carry anything for any day. He was delivered instantly from everything. And I say to you this morning, don't settle for nothing other than everything. Don't settle for nothing other than everything. The, I remember one time I was working with a guy and about the, the, the chains of unforgiveness. And he was going great guns, this guy. The Lord, he got hold of him. And one day we were having a session and I said, we were talking about his mother and he, he had a, a terrible relationship with his mother. He, his, his mother was a broken person according to his description of her. A, 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 an absolute broken person and the way she treated him and abused him. And she was still doing it. This man there was nearly 40 but she was still alive and still abusing him and he was still going to her. Hoping that there would be some change in her but there wasn't. And we sat down and, and we were talking and I said to him one day, I said, listen guy, we, we, can, we, can we even get into the room of forgiveness here? And he could not let it go. He, he was delivered from everything. I mean, this guy got through everything, all his own things, but there was one thing he would not let go. He could not get to that place of letting that person go. You know what? That's not in this guy. And as Christians, that's not what we're meant to do. We're meant to be delivered from everything and let go of everything. I've seen guys refusing to do things, even in my own life, when God is calling out to me, let it go. Who are you, he says. How many is there? That's what he says to everybody in this room. Who are you? How many is there? Tell me. And watch what I'll do. But don't tell me and I can't do anything. A lot of people say Christianity didn't work for me. I've heard that so many times. Ah, I gave it a go. It didn't work for me. They're all mad. Well, you had to walk out the door with all the hurts and brokenness and carrying the chains like Matt Talbot walking out of the room. I love this. This is amazing. Nearly finished. It says this. It says uh, they were. It, it says that the young man when they. I just can't see in this light. You have to get me glasses. They came to Jesus. This is the people of the Gerasenes. The people of the, of, of the locale came to him. The people who knew this guy. The people who chained him up. The people who knew his family. The people who knew this guy inside out. Everything about him. The, the people that avoided him. The people that were to describe him. The guy in the tombs. The guy calling out. The guy cutting himself. These people came back. And they seen him. And they, ha- they seen that he had been... Uh, they seen that he knew he was possessed. And they seen him dressed with Jesus, dressed and in his right mind. Dressed, in other words, his dignity given back to him and in his right mind. Why was he in his right mind? Because he was in Christ. The further we get away from Christ, the more we don't have control over our mind, our impulses, our thinking. The closer we get to Christ, the more that we have our minds, our dignity and our self-respect. And we can keep it and hang on to it. But I love that. It says he was found. Now the people around about didn't give a rat's about him. And let me tell you, as soon as you give your life to the Lord, I can put my hand up to this. People don't really care. Generally, I was in an absolute 
stay for years gone around I stayed for years and I came back from rehab a year in my right mind with my dignity and self-respect back and no one really bad an eyelid round about me they didn't really because they don't really care the only one who cares is him he's the only one that matters if I would have went to the like the people of the garrison they came and they seen this guy in his right mind and all they were only interested in the pigs read it where are the pigs what's happened to our pigs but what about this guy look at him it's a human being Yes, we're tying him up with chains and he was cutting himself. He was naked and screaming like a wild dog. What about him? No, what about the pigs? And guys, listen, when you come in contact with Jesus, when Jesus sets you free, don't look around you to what people think. I've seen so many people walk out of this church and walk out of the presence of Christ because of their fear of what people think. What people are going to say. What are my family going to say if I go home and tell them this story? But surely they should be more interested in you and your right mind. Which I said, respect back. Making the right decisions. Doing the right thing. Being faithful. Being loyal. Not trying to do all the, the things that we do when we go away from God. Surely they should be interested. But I tell you, they're not. Most of the time, they're not. I've seen people bringing their family members at their wit's end. These guys bound up and I see them bringing them. I've taken them out of cars. I've I've inducted them into the rehabs. Absolutely at the end of themselves. Six months later, they're like a brand new pin. They're dressed. They're they're, they're in their right mind. They have their life back. And then they have a day out or their family comes to visit them and it's just nothing but negativity. You done this. You done that. What about this? What about that? Not interested in the guy only in his life. But I'm telling you, God is interested. Jesus is interested. He's the one who cares. He's the one who sets us free. He's the one that matters only. And it's only in Him that we have our right mind, our dignity, our self-respect, clothed. And he, he runs to Jesus and He says, I'll finish with this. He said, this is beautiful. He says, let me go with you. I don't want to stay here with these crazy people. They're only interested in the pigs. I need to get out of here. Let me go with you. Let me go with you. And this is the first time I've read in any of the Gospels. The first time where Jesus said no. He said, go and tell your family. What an amazing... I've went for interviews. I've done... done, For the job I'm in now, I've done three types of interviews where you have to put your best foot forward. I had a, 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 a suit on, I have shoes on, I'm going in and I'm sitting there, it's a three panel interview and you're watching every word you say. And, and they're looking at you, your body language, your eyes, one's looking at your eyes, one's looking at your body language, another one's looking at your hands and they're marking you and they're grading you. And every time you go for an interview and you're, you're going for this job, this guy done an interview naked and screaming like a lunatic. But Jesus had a plan for him. Jesus had a job for him. Isn't that great hope? That Jesus can't do anything with anybody. With anybody. He didn't bring him with him. He said, go. You're good enough now, go. Go into the Decapolis. Go and preach the word of God. 
I trust you with it. Hallelujah. This guy, a day previous, was screaming like a dog in the tombs. What can Jesus do in your life? What can he do in your life? If the worship team want to come back and just play, because we're not going to open up for prayer. But the prayer this morning is, who are you and how many is there? And I want everybody to bring everything. I don't want, this is what, when I heard Sharon praying a couple of weeks ago with this, what I heard from your heart, Sharon, I hope I'm not jumping the gun, was don't settle for nothing less than what God has for you. He has everything, not bits. All of it. That's what he says. The type is there. Who are you? How many is there? Because I'm going to deliver you. You're coming out. And the confession was, we are legion. In other words, there's many here. And there's many things going on in our lives. Many broken things, hurt things, problems. Problems we can't solve on our own. The Bible says that the peace of God transcends all understanding. The peace of God transcends all understanding. And the will of God in our lives is to be at peace. It's that the battle and it's over. That he died that we could be at peace with ourselves and with our lives. So let, let's stand. Let's search our hearts. Let's see what God is doing. Let's see what's there. We're going to open up the floor. Anybody wants to come in prayer of any description. But I'm telling you, as God says, and I proclaim this in the church this morning, don't settle for anything but everything. God wants everything. Don't hold on. If it's for the chains of forgiveness, if it's the chains of unforgiveness, let's break that this morning. Forgiveness is for you. If it's the chains of depression, let's break that this morning. If it's the chains of bad decision making and impulsive decision making, let's break that this morning. If it's the chains of loneliness, if it's the chains of rejection where you just can't seem to relate to people, you can't seem to let anybody in in case they reject you. If it's the chains of bitterness, if it's that bitter root that all the time you, you go good, go good, next minute you just self-destruct. If it's these chains that cause you to cut yourself from one pain into another, Let's break that this morning. There's one here that can do that. Believe me, you, there's one here that can do that. If it's the chains of, of poverty, not just uh, money poverty, but inner poverty, where you see yourself as nothing. Because maybe you were told you were nothing. Maybe someone put that chain on you when you were a kid. You're nothing. You're nothing to us. And you just can't, that chain can't be broken. But there's one here that can break it. There's one here that says you're worth everything. The Bible says that the man ran to Jesus. So the type is that you come to Jesus.
you make an effort to come believing that he can do this. Amen? Praise God.